Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest with us today. Invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, just like you. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their businesses, and the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show or click the big button in the sidebar of our website. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And be sure to subscribe, fresh content every single week, in a library of nearly 150 episodes on a variety of topics await you right now. For today's topic, we're going to mix things up a little bit. People come to the Business Creators Radio Show because they want business advice, they want marketing advice, they want copywriting advice. We've done a whole lot of episodes on social media marketing using the various networks, various experts, various bodies of content. But every so often I like to mix things up. We've had shows on Ayurveda, we've had shows on how to eat, sleep, and function more effectively. In fact, we had somebody on here once who taught us how to make her fabulous brain power smoothie. So we run the gamut here at the Business Creators Radio Show, and we think of ourselves as a big tent type radio show where you have a lot of different things available to you within our range of experts. So when today's guest came to me, I was very excited about the possibility of having her on because of her topic, which is called Circle Back to Love in the Most Challenging Times. And when you hear the first question I ask her, you're going to see why we brought her on. Her name is Heather Criswell of WiseInside.com. And just to tell you about Heather, she is the founder of WiseInside, which is a company dedicated to guiding us back to the wisdom within. She is the author of Wise Talk from the Other Side, co-author of How to Raise a Happy Child and Be Happy Too, a keynote speaker, and a wise inside guide sharing her unique approach to life, wisdom, and love with families around the world. And I was also pleased to discover that just as the Business Creators Radio Show's main studio is right here in Las Vegas, so is Heather. She's almost right down the road from me. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much. It is a small world, and, and it never ceases to amaze me how small the world is when we really connect in a beautiful way. So thank you for having me here. I so appreciate it. We've had people on the Business Creators Radio Show from just within the past three months. We've covered Spain. We've covered Argentina. I believe we had one in Egypt. Uh, I mean, it's just wow. all over the world. Our our experts are roaming. It's not very often I get one right down the street. In fact, I think you're about the third person from Las Vegas who's ever been on the Business Creators Radio Show other than me. So this is uh, a pretty pretty happy thing. And if you want to sneak up on me like this again, uh, next time we'll just do this in person. We'll set up a microphone right between us, and uh, and we'll just do it that way. There you go. Yeah, you can come over and meet my cat. It'll be a great time. 
That would be great. Right. That would be great. Let's, let's <laughs> kick off here. Before we jump into um, all the things that you want to share with our audience today, tell us, I read off your bio there, very impressive, but tell us more just about what has passionately driven you to the intersection of your brilliance and passion where you live today with the work you do. I love that intersection of brilliance and passion. That's, that's a fantastic quote. Why, thank um, you. you know, <laughs> honestly, it, it all, I, I mean, my life has been this whirlwind of entrepreneurial uh, investments in myself and the world. And um, over time, it's, it's just been amazing. And it, in a short amount of time. So my world has always been in parenting and children. I've worked with over 30,000 kids for the past 25 years. I owned a preschool in that time frame for almost a decade. And uh, that's really been predominantly my life. Then um, I got extremely exhausted um, owning a school and said, well, I'm going to I'm going to open up a wellness center where we do massage. It's quiet. Everybody's, you know, zen and serene and and uh, opened up a wellness center. I, I was a massage therapist and I you know, brought on a lot of different holistic therapies to help people heal in ways that I didn't even know were possible. And um, I just kind of got drawn back into parenting, and lo and behold, after time, I ended up writing a book, co-authoring it with a woman by the name of Taryn Boguet from the Everyday Genius Institute, and we co-authored the book, How to Raise a Happy Child and Be Happy Too, and I thought that this was my world. Among all of that, uh, over time, for the past 12 years, I actually lost every single family member in my family, my immediate family, um, oh parents, grandparents, and, uh, and also my future family. We had three miscarriages. We lost five babies, uh, two dogs. So it was like this constant struggle to get back up every time I got knocked down by a death and a loss and big death and big loss. Um, so I was, I was kind of making my way through life. And what I realized is, is that I had stuffed so much stuff down over time, and I ended up going to a women's retreat, had this beautiful experience with breath work where I actually connected with my family on the other side, and they told me to write a book, and consequently, in 13 days, I wrote a book, and it's out now, um, Wives Talk from the Other Side, and so my life has kind of made a big shift. I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 21 years old, opening my school. And then the wellness center I had for four years um, after that. And then now this company, Wise Inside. So I love being an entrepreneur. Um, I am now a mother as well. So that adds another twist to the whole world of business. Um, and with that being said, this book has enlightened me on how do we circle back to love in beautiful ways, in business, in life, in relationships? So it, regardless, it bleeds over into all aspects of our life. And that's really what I want to share with the world is how do, we, how do we do that? How do we circle back to love even when it feels terrible or the situation is almost unbearable? How do we do that? Right. All right. So before we jump into, and as I, as I, as I've warned our audience, 
the very first question I'm going to ask of your curriculum is going to be a big payoff. We're starting with a bang on this one because so many people who've listened to the Business Creators Radio Show, so many people who've passed through the Business Creators Institute have been so in search of an answer to the very first question we're going to ask Heather here. But there is something we have to ask her because we ask everybody else. And we always do the drum roll here right on the desk, and my cats get all excited, but here we go. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement, anything that anybody says they need to do except for time and money. This is a question we ask everybody who appears on the Business Creators Radio Show. And what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So, Heather, how do time and money impact what you're sharing with us today? How do time and money? You know, time and money impacts us as much as we want it to, really. And I, I was just having this discussion with a friend of mine that if you have a dollar eighty-two in your checking account, does that determine your worth and value, your success on this planet, your worthiness to put your work out there and share it with the world? And I think that we tie up a lot of our success, our worth, our self-value into money and time, right? I don't have time to do it. I don't have the money to do it. But what I will say is that when you want to do something and you are passionate and driven about it, you will make the time, you will make the money. The money will show up for you in ways that you never anticipated. And I can tell you that based on my own experience just recently with, I don't have time to write a book. The first book I wrote took me a year and a half to co-write it together. And I'm like, I don't have time to write a book. I don't have the money to support a launch, the book design, editing, you know, thousands of dollars that it takes to make this happen. And yet, in, in the very unique way that the universe provides for us, I made a conscious decision. This is what I wanted to do. So I stayed up from 10 at night till five in the morning writing and got up with my son at 9 a.m. and started my day. So I had about four hours of sleep for 13 days straight, which I don't suggest to anybody, right. but I made it happen. <laughs> you know, I made it happen. And the money, the money showed up in beautiful ways. It showed up by people sponsoring this project because they believed in it so much, giving me editing for free, supporting money in the design, supporting money in the production. So what I will say is time and money is an illusion in our mind of a distraction. It's, it's, it's that roadblock that we think is all there. But the truth of the matter is, is that when we are in passion, when we are in our divine timing, when we know that this is something beautiful for the world to have, whether it shows up as a business, a book, a service, coaching, whatever it shows up as, it will happen in beautiful ways if we just stay out of the way, create, and allow it to happen and not stay in that worry cycle, if that makes sense. You know, it's so funny, and I allude to this very frequently on the Business Creators Radio Show, especially when it comes to entrepreneurs claiming their choice and their way of serving the world, is for, for years I attempted to build large-scale businesses that – rendered wide ranges of done-for-you type services, where the basic model was, is I built a team. And this team consisted of little mini-atoms that uh, acted and thought in my image. This worked for some people. In fact, I know some people, colleagues of mine, that have businesses like this, and it works outstanding for them. I've made six attempts at it in the past eight years. And the same thing keep happening. 
is when I find somebody who's really good, they leave because somebody with a lot more money than me at that particular time buys them out or they just get so good that they start charging other clients really high rates and uh, they don't have time to be somebody's VA anymore because now they're running their own team. Uh, you know, it's just a, right. you know, it's just a natural progression. And uh, then when I find somebody who is not so well suited, I end up doing most of the work anyway because I'm constantly having to play cleanup. So uh, right. it just got to the point where this is just not for me. There are people who can make this work, and there are people I know personally who thrive with this model. And it was repeatedly re recommended to me within my mastermind. And finally, I just said, well, why is it that it seems like the only kind of business that I'm ever allowed to have is a serv is the kind of business that does done-for-you marketing services for everybody else? Why can't I have my piece of the dream? Why can't I have the business I want? So my decision was, is, you know, I, I get leverage. I get teams. But I want the kind of business right. where I get to be the mad genius and the team does everything else. That's what I have now. Agreed. And that's what I love. <laughs> and, 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 and the response to the question of, well, doesn't that devalue your business because your business can't survive without you? Well, I have plans to use the funding from this business to invest in other businesses, which is what we're working on right now. So I'm going to cover right. that whole Adam can be replaced thing through other business models. So I have a plan for that. Uh, all taken care of. It just wasn't this particular model, which is fine. But where I'm coming back to, Heather, and this is why what you told me was so inspirational about you just came up with the money to buy the, the do the book, is I recognize in order to make phase one of the Business Creators Institute relaunch work, in other words, get the funding to settle the Business Creators Institute and then start building up to make these other investments to create the sides of the business that can go without Adam, I need a two more clients, like two big clients. And son of a gun, mm -hmm. wouldn't it just happen that one new awesome client at the titanium level just literally showed up out of thin air? Right. They heard, they heard right. me interviewed on somebody else's podcast, decided that they needed to get a hold of me, and we're making the history now. And then at the right. same time, one of my other long-term clients who had been playing kind of a, a, a mid-range game came to me and said, okay, so I hear you're rearranging your business. You're, uh, you know, you're not taking on small clients anymore, and you're looking for one or two big ones. Can I be that big one? Yeah. All taken care of. Let's do it. <laughs> All taken care of. And I didn't have to go ask for any of it. Uh, I set the intention that I'm going to build the type of business with the model that I want, I'm not going to get distracted and take on stuff I hate just for the money when the results don't happen fast enough. In fact, I even shut down conversations about the old way of doing things. And son of a gun, it just happened. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not, a, big well, believer, and I'm not a big believer in law of attraction, but I believe in this. It just happened. Right. Well, and if you set aside the idea of the label of law of attraction, that you made a decision, a conscious decision, that this is what you wanted. And so, you know, we get what we want. And, and it, sometimes it shows up in ways that are unexpected. Sometimes it shows up in ways that you don't necessarily like. But the truth is, is that it will show up if we make that conscious decision. It's often when we're ambivalent, when we're like, I don't really know what I want to do. I don't know, like, 
you know, when I was selling my first business, I was like hesitant about selling it. You know, when I was selling the preschool, I was, I don't know if I should sell, should I not sell? So I get a buyer and they'd fall through. I get a buyer and they fall through. So once I made the conscious decision, like I want to sell, the right buyer showed up, purchased, and we had a smooth transaction. So yeah, I think it's in the conscious decision of this is what I'm wanting. And, and it can be my own blueprint. It can show up in ways that people have never expected or that, you know, the webinar that says six figures in six months told you to do, you know, it, it can show up in different ways. And we are forging new ways to help people realize that it shows up just what you said in different ways. It doesn't always, you don't always have to do X, Y, Z in order to get the same results. And in right. fact, a lot of people in their success don't do those things. You know, when I started my preschool, I was 21 in 1995, uh, dating myself slightly, but we didn't have internet. I think there was internet, but there was, you know, average people were not using them. There was no website. Nin- 1995? Yeah, 1995. Yeah, 19- yeah, 1995, the only two people using the internet were Dan Janelle of PR Leads and Al Gore. Okay. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm, actually using, I'm actually using Dan's joke. Uh, he's a previous guest of the Business Creators Radio Show. He's a member of the Business Creators Institute, and that's a joke he tells all the time. Uh, you know, Dan's a great guy, great friend of mine, and uh, he always says, back when me and Al Gore were the only people on the Internet. So I want to give a shout-out to Dan because I know he's listening right now because he expressed interest in this. Well, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we didn't have websites. And so I had to rely on and somebody told me, you know, I was, I should market, I should put flyers out and it never felt good to me. And one of my friends said, you know, just build the cubbies that the kids put their stuff in and they'll show up and keep doing what you're doing. And what happened was it it was kind of a field of dreams, build it and they will come. It actually did happen because I had the energy of, I have room for these kids. This is going to be fun. And lo and behold, word of mouth happened. People started telling everybody this is the best school to go to. And consequently, it turned out to be a waiting list, you know. So it, it certainly wasn't the model that I was even told in school. The business model was, you know, put flyers out, get everywhere you can at the time. Um, and now it's just translated in, you know, do Facebook, do social media, like do webinars, <laughs> all the things right. that, you know, everybody says to quote unquote do. Um, But if it doesn't resonate in your soul and in your heart and in your spirit, don't waste your time because it's just going to be a big rabbit hole. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, (laughs) it's just going to be dumping money, time, energy, and effort into a black hole that you will never see it again. You're, you're, you're so right about that. And, uh, and this is, this is a great segue into that question. Number one, I've been warning everybody about, uh, so let me just gonna say one thing. I've been given advice so many times that instead of doing a podcast, I should be doing videos and people really want to see my face. Well, I'm a pretty attractive guy in person, but I, the, the phrase, a face for radio was made for a reason. I, right. and, and, and this is not self-criticism. I just look bad in video and I don't want to do it. Uh, my power right. is not in my face. My power is in my voice. Uh, when I go out and about, sometimes I'll be in a store, sometimes I'll be at a cigar shop, sometimes I'll be at a social gathering such as, 
you know, in as much as an introvert will do such a thing. And somebody who doesn't even know about the business creators radio show asked me if I work in broadcasting. Oh, wow. I have that kind of voice. So that kind of voice is great for narrations. It's good for Camtasia PowerPoint presentations. It's good for podcasts and it's good for teleseminars. That's what I'm going to stick with because that's what I'm. That that's the gift I'm given. So they can tell me all day long. Oh well, if you don't show your face on video, nobody's going to like you, and you might as well just shut down your business. I'm doing just fine without it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that leads to yeah. question number one: How do we tap into our own wisdom? Okay, everybody, brace yourself for this. How do we tap into our own wisdom when we are inundated? with solicited and unsolicited advice, whether it be well-meaning people, whether it be trolls. Right. Yeah, you know, it's a big one, and it's taken a lot of time um, and maturity for me to come to this space. And quite frankly, it's I, I'm not there 100% of the time because the minute I get some sort of advice to my business, it, I question myself, or even as a mother. You know, this, this topic in particular came up as a mother because when I became a mom, all of a sudden I became uh, an uneducated person in children because people would say to me like if you hold him like that you're going to pull his arm out of his socket or don't pick him up that way or don't do this or don't do that and I literally had moments where I stop and I'm like oh my god am I going to hurt my kid oh my god and I'm like I've worked with 30,000 children like I get how to pick him up I got that it's done like right (laughs) yeah that one I can check off as I, I understand this and yet I still had a moment of hesitation and sometimes minutes of hesitation. And I have that in business too, when I'm scrolling down my little Facebook feed and you know, you need to do this, just like you said, a webinar, you need to be on Facebook Live, you need to be on Periscope, Blab, whatever, right? And there's a piece of me that says, you know what, that's just not my gig. And yet I force myself to do it and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't become successful, and it's a big waste of time. So I still have moments in that, but really the the idea here is that we have an innate wisdom. We have a knowing. It's the it's the knowing when you're driving down the street and all of a sudden you say, Ah, oh, I gotta turn right. I don't even know. I gotta go down this street, not that street. Or I really shouldn't do this. Like this isn't a good feeling I'm having right now, or I should maybe take the later flight or whatever that is. We all have that gut feeling, that intuition, that inner knowing. And when we stop for a minute and really ask ourselves in that moment, does this feel good to me? Is this what I'm wanting? Am I wanting to get on a video and not feel good about myself? And Or am I really wanting to be on radio? I feel good. I love radio. I'm free. I can be in my pajamas. Like, nobody yeah. cares. Nobody knows. Yes. <laughs> you know, is you know that me. good yes. for me? Yes. And, you know, so it's that it's really about checking into that gut wisdom and it's really practice. It's it's not something that we can do overnight in. And oftentimes, like I said, I still go back to, oh, well, he said I should be doing this. I just had a friend that told me that I should be doing something with my business. And um, I was like, I don't really want to do that. I, that doesn't feel good to me at all. Like it was coaching for 
coaching for people in some way. Um, and I was like, mm, I don't really want to coach one-on-one. That's not my gig. I don't right. like it. I can do it. I'm great at it. I get success, but that's not really what I'm wanting to do. So it's like asking your question, first of all, is this what I'm wanting for myself? And then second, does it feel good to me? And if you have any hesitation or doubt, I sit with it as long as I can in order to get to that space. And how does it look to sit with it? I sit quietly, I take some deep breaths, and I really center into my heart. Is this what I'm wanting? Is this serving me in the highest good? Is this serving the planet in the highest good? Because am I better on radio and I can get out to millions of people versus my Facebook feed of however many, you know, and they don't share it or they share it. You know, it's really about taking ownership for yourself. What am I wanting, first and foremost? And does it feel good? And moving into that space, regardless of the solicited and unsolicited advice. And really, advice is actually just a tool for us to give us the opportunity to see it in another perspective, but to ask ourselves those questions so that we can have the answers for ourselves. They're not intended as the answer. They're intended as a, a question, a perspective for yourself. It's not intended to be, this is how you should do it. And that goes with parenting, that goes with business. I had very unconventional business practices as a preschool owner. You know, when I had people come into my school, I would say, look, here's the deal. This is how we run, this is what we do. We don't believe in punishment. We don't believe in timeouts. We believe in talking it out. We believe in working from the heart, connecting emotionally, and having moments together where we actually talk. And if that doesn't feel good to you, if that doesn't resonate with you, this is not the right school for you. And that's a different approach, right? Because we're, we're taught, have your avatar, know what your person wants, know what they need, um, service them in every way. And I'm saying, know yourself, know your strengths, know what's best for you, know what you're willing to do, you're, you're not willing to compromise, your integrity. Be in that space and say, this is how I can serve you. Are we a match? Are we a match? And if not, let them go. Because if they came to my school when they weren't a match, it was torture on all of us. And eventually, I had to kick them out <laughs> or they left because it wasn't a good match. And it's really important for us to be centered in ourselves first. What am I good at? What do I love? What do I, how can I serve? And then find that match, not the opposite way. Because quite frankly, I don't know how to be an how to create an avatar. Nobody really knows what people are thinking. You know, with the launch of my book, I had it as this spiritual book that they'd have the spiritual enlightenment. And some people have come to me with that. Some people have come to me with like, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with being bullied all my life. You know, I've had weight issues all my life and this book really helped me. You know, I went through a miscarriage. I had a divorce. I was mad at my mom. I was mad at my dad. That's not one specific avatar or even 20 avatars. Like, Correct. that's everybody taking my work and interpreting it for their life. And that's what I want for people. I don't want to be that person that tells them what their life's like and who they are. I want them to be inspired to speak more of who they are from my work. That makes sense, you know? Right. Yeah, very very much so. And from a marketing perspective, sometimes we're taught, be specific with your offers. The problem with that is if you get too specific, it denies 
your audience the opportunity to assign their own meaning to it. Hence the phrase being artfully vague in your communications and your marketing. Uh, I mean, think about it uh, like, uh, I don't want to you know, turn this into a political episode, but think of some of the simplest slogans we've ever seen candidates come up with, like, it's morning in America again. Uh, you can assign that whatever you want. Uh, make America great again. Well, that can mean whatever you want it to. Feel the burn. Whatever it means, whether you need Neosporin or Calamine lotion, it doesn't matter. Uh, it allows people right. to give themselves the opportunity to decide what that means to them and find their own way to believe in it. So when you look at websites and say, here's exactly what our product will do for you, you will come away from this and you will have the following 19 things that you can now do. The thing is, if the, right. person, already, if the, pers- yeah, if the person already knows how to do five of them, they may decide they don't really need the other 14 and they're out. Or they may see, well, there's 18 things here that are great, but this one thing I absolutely will not have in my life. I'm not going to be doing Facebook Live, so forget about it. I'm out. Right. Whereas a different type of more artfully vague message might have drawn them in, and then when they were in, they certainly would have found enough within that course or enough within that program that could have made them feel that they got the entire value for their investment. Correct. And I yes, think, and I think exactly. that's what we see sometimes when people give solicited and unsolicited advice is that uh, is they then go into specifics and they try and say, well, this is the way to do it. I, I personal story here. I when I was in college, I had a Camaro, a 1988 Chevrolet Camaro. I loved that car. It was the first car I bought with my own money. And I built a stereo system for that thing that was worth more than the car itself. Because <laughs> uh, that's what you do. <laughs> the, car, the, car, the car was a little older, and, you know, it had its problems. I think the previous owner wrecked it and did, like, a half-assed job of fixing it because it always had alignment problems, and there was something wrong with the one fender that just we could never quite get fixed. I don't know. I paid, I paid $3,700 for the car, and I got four years out of it. I was delighted. And um, right. And now, living in Pennsylvania at the time, you can only drive a Camaro certain months of the year because we have these things called blizzards. And uh, right. And I would always get this unsolicited advice: uh, you need to get a something with four wheel drive, transportation, and and who cares if it's a fun car to drive? And I and I said, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. They said that's the way to look at it. All this other stuff is nonsense. You know what that made me think? made me think now i gotta defend my camaro i'm not gonna let somebody tell me there's only one way and my way is wrong right yeah exactly i, I wasn't feeling very wise inside on that one i mean to to use right. the phrase but we'll get there in a moment uh there's another thing i want to shift to here and this interview is really flying by we're already halfway into it which is great uh <laughs> so we're gonna have to pick up the pace here a little bit uh, and this is the other reason i wanted to bring you on today heather questions one and two Two big reasons. If we get one and two, I personally will feel satisfied because I've, I've had personal experience with number two. I've had personal experience with number two, as have some other people I've spoken with who tune in. How do we connect with loved ones who have passed on so we can tap into their wisdom? Well, that's essentially what this this book that I launched is all about. It's really about connecting to the other side. And to be clear that there are, you know, labels that we attach uh, all of this 
to it, the other side, um, spirituality, religion, all of that. It's sure. all kind of mucky out there. What I'm doing is, is how do we connect to the heart of ourselves with the heart of loved ones that have moved on, whatever you believe that moving on should be, right? Um, and with the foundation that energy doesn't die, it just moves into a different form. So the idea is, is that how do we connect with that wisdom that is out there and beyond? And it shows up for us in beautiful ways and different for everybody. Again, there's no blueprint of how how the other side is going to talk to you. Some people, you know, they get messages from their loved ones from a penny on the ground or a feather or a butterfly shows up and they've attached meaning to that or a song that plays on the radio or you just have this feeling that, and we experience it on this side too, when you have a friend that you haven't talked to forever and you think about them and all of a sudden they call you or you see them in the bank, you haven't seen them for 12 years, why, you know? Um, all of the things that we call coincidence or synchronicity, that there is some meaning behind that. And when I was given the opportunity through breath work, which is basically just kind of tuning into your body, taking deep breaths, uh -huh. and really allowing yourself to just kind of be in a meditative state, if you will, I was able to talk to all of my family members. They circled around me and made kind of this round table appearance, if you will. And they told me all the things on this planet that we are here for, why we came together as a family, why we chose each other, and really the beauty of life and that really there is more than meets the eye here, even in disease and um, situations that happen to us that we think are tragedies, how it really can be changed into love. and it really is in the higher good for all of us in love, even though it doesn't look like that, a uh, car accident or something, that it actually shows up for us in love and is here to serve us in some way, even though it doesn't look like that. So the idea is, is really to take a moment and center into yourself. And however you do that, for me, I light a candle, I put my little love sign on, um, I put some nice music, and I really tune into them in a way that feels good to me. So I take some deep breaths and I literally say, I call a round table and they all come in and they share their wisdom with me and not in ways that, that are like psychic, like you should or shouldn't do this. It's like, it, it shows up in ways of, you know, we're here for you, we support you, we love you. And that there's really more than meets the eye for us physically when we feel alone, we're never actually alone. We always have, again, whether you label it as guardian angels, God, spirit, love, universe, however you wanna label that, that we're actually never alone and we can tap into that innate wisdom and get the answers that we're looking for or have them inspire moreover the answers within you know really to allow us to connect to that back to that own wisdom which is their wisdom our wisdom a collective wisdom yeah. if you will right uh can this happen through dreams and visions absolutely again right like so there's no label to it you don't have to sit down and have a meditation to have it happen it shows up in dreams uh one of the stories i tell in my book my mom had a very long, dear friend, um, high school friend, hadn't seen her, talked to her in 
quite years. Um, and she had a dream. My mom's friend had a dream the night my mom died that my mom came to her and said how much she loved her. They were running through a sunflower field together. Um, and she was saying that she was so grateful for her in this life. The very next day, her friend looks at the obituaries. There's my mom's obituary and shows up at her funeral, you know, 50 years later or oh 40, 45 years later or whatever. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. They show up in dreams. You know, they when when my mom passed away, I had dreams of her vividly still being here and coming back to life. And, you know, we would have conversations and I would be, it's the kind of dream that you wake up and you're like, that really happened, but it didn't, but it did. Um, so yeah, it shows up in dreams. It can show up in license plates. And that's actually one of my signs is license plates. So wow. uh, my dad always, yeah. I mean, my, there's a whole story that goes with it. Uh, but my mom shows up in Texas license plates and my dad in, uh, Nevada when I was living in California. And then when I moved back to Nevada, he, I said, you know, you've got it easy because they're everywhere. I said, you've got to up your game now. And I had this little conversation with him. I said, give me some personalized plates. And lo and behold, every time I turned around, there is a plate that is magical. One was like, get on stage. Wow. One was, uh, you know, blessed, um, rock star, like anything you can think of. Um, that would support me in the day. And the magical thing about it is, is when I'm having a hard time feeling stressed, you know, going through the experiences of, of starting another business and, and really struggling to get the business off the ground, uh, they show up for me in beautiful ways. So absolutely, it's, it's, the, it's the song that's playing. We were at uh, my son's birthday party at the jumping trampoline place, and they were playing all this pop music and, you know, all the cool stuff, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, as we're going to leave, they start playing a Beach Boys song. And it was so random. It was so out of order from what they had played all night sure. long. And Beach, you know, it's one of those things. And I was, Beach Boys was my dad's favorite music. And that was his favorite band. And so for me, I took it as a sign that he was there with me enjoying my son's birthday party. And whether it's true or not, people say, well, that's just coincidence. You know what? It helps me. It helps me cope with life. It helps me right. cope with experiences that are sad for me that my parents aren't there to support my son in his growth and be here physically with him. It helps me. So what difference does it make? Like what right. difference does it make? There, there's no right or wrong. I feel better. I'm a better person for it. I make better choices because of it. I don't go into depression because of it. I mean, it's all win, win, win. So why not feel good? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this I, I get, now we're delving a little bit into what some people might call the supernatural, but I've covered this before. Uh, from the time I was a child until two years ago, every few months I would have conversations with a certain uh, very famous or rather infamous uh, figure from the 20th century. Uh, if you look at World War II history, uh, you would think of them as probably one of the bad guys, but not the worst one. I'm not going mm -hmm. to say the name, but as I describe this, most people will probably figure out who I'm talking about. And he would appear to me. Sometimes he'd be there for five seconds. One time he was there for an hour uh, speaking to me in English, in this very heavily accented English. And the conversation would always end with him saying, please, I tried to stop it, but they wouldn't help me. Make sure people know this. Wow. And I spent wow. years trying to figure out why is he telling me this? Now, 
when I studied history and I studied him, I figure out exactly what it was that he tried to stop or was willing to stop. However, other people would not support him in doing so. So therefore, he didn't go ahead and do it, even though he could have stopped it. He could have, uh, to, you know, to be as vague, to be as specifically vague as possible. He had the opportunity to stop somebody who was much worse before that person was very strong. But he didn't do it because he was counting on other people to financially support him, and they wouldn't do it. And the, right. what he was trying to tell me, the real lesson he was trying to tell me was that if you know what you're doing is right and you stand up for it and you're willing to take the chance and fight for what you believe in, knowing that you can stop an evil or do good, if people don't support you right away, they will find their way behind you. And even if they don't agree with you, they will understand your reasons if they're worth paying attention to. And once I got that lesson, and it came to me at a very difficult time in my life when I, a couple of years ago, and I was facing a really big challenge that put me in just that type of situation, uh, when I saw in practice, when I had to make a very tough decision that impacted other people that could make me look you know, kind of bad in the light of certain people, and I discovered that anybody who mattered to me completely understood what I was doing. Once, right. he, once he delivered the message, right. yeah, but the thing is, once he delivered the message, the appearances stopped. So it just, it took him 20 years, but he got his point across. Amazing. Right. Amazing. And, you know, they're guiding us and helping us on this path because I believe that we are, you know, doing our best to be our best on this planet and we need support in other ways. And it shows up in, in beautiful ways. And that's just a testament to right there that you know it there's a specific message for you in that moment and you know which again fyi ties you back to wise inside right like yes that you you are wise inside you know what's best for you you know your value your worth and if not let's check back into that and center back into that because that's where we make the best decisions of our lives it's when we start deciding based on money, friendships, people, you know, externally, that's when we start going down a very bad path and usually ends up in destruction in some way. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so we have about 20 minutes left here and we're going to cover the main points here. We're going to get there. Uh, so <laughs> a little bit about following our heart and business. So now that we have uh, taken the long path on dealing with advice and connecting with loved ones that have passed, uh, how do we put this together so that we can follow our heart in business? And we've you know, already alluded to some of this, but tell us some more. Right, exactly. I think you're right on point with you know, having that message and really connecting in with yourself. And again, it goes back to the whole story of, uh, even when I was selling my businesses, there were certain people that were wanting to purchase my preschool that I knew was not a good match for the school. I knew it. And the money was good. Everything was on target. But something inside of me said, this isn't a good match. This isn't going to work. And I had to let that go, even though it looked like a good deal. It looked like a big deal. You know, with the money I want, the timing I want, but something was off. And that's where we follow our heart in business. And a lot of times it gets skewed because of, of really money is a big issue, you know, money and power um, and staying in business. Uh, it, you know, those are some of the big issues with why we make different choices. Um, but 
the interesting thing, even when I sold my wellness center, I, I told the girl, I said, look, I really feel strongly, really strongly that when you take over, please just keep everything status quo. You know, people don't like to have lots of changes when they're nervous about an owner changing in the first place, especially in a vulnerable place like a wellness center where we're doing massage and acupuncture and, you know, esthetician, like very personal things. Please don't change anything. And I said, that's the best advice I can give to you now. She knew that was good advice and she agreed with it, but her ego got in the way and she's like, I want it to be my way. And what happened was she changed. I mean, it was the simplest things, the color on the wall. She put a mirror up that was uh, not attractive. It was like one of those safety mirrors, you know, like you, you like when um, waiters and waitresses come in and out so they can see each other. And I was like, that's yes. not appropriate for a wellness center. But what I was saying to her, I was like, just be cool, you know, take it easy, ease people into it. You want to change the wall color, change it after a couple of months. Once they get to know you, it's all good. Just lead with your heart, not your ego. And she chose the latter and consequently went out of business in four months and before going out of business got robbed um and which we had never been robbed in four years we had never had any issues with anybody you know causing harm or danger to us we had the doors unlocked you know pr primarily women in there till nine ten o'clock at night you know yeah never had any issues and so right. when we act from a space of ego or we act from a space of we should um it's like eliminating the ego the shoulds and really centering into a heart space of i'm here to provide love i'm here to share love and that's really what our world is wanting and craving right now we are wanting connection we are wanting love we are wanting to be in a space together where we come where even as an employer if my person if one of my employees are late I don't say to them, look, you're always late. You're never on time. Look at what you've done. Look at what I'm going to write you up. You're penalized, blah, 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 versus, you know, that's not really like you. And even if it is like them, holding space for them that that's not the person that they are, that's not really like you. Is there something going on? How can I help you? How can I help you be your best you? Now that holds that person in a space of love where we can have a conversation and work it through and when you hold people in higher light they raise up to that light when you hold people in darkness and and not good enough they will prove you right every time every single time so that's how it translates even with some of the things that i i've been working on you know i had to be late to one of my vendors on payment and i called them up and actually emailed them and said look this isn't like me i'm really um i'm in the middle of this book launch that took all my funds for this moment i will have it to you six days from now you know i'm sorry there's nothing more i can do but i wanted you to be aware and i'm hoping that you'll understand he said take 30 days no big deal don't care he goes you're amazing you're fantastic i love you i support you that's business that's heart business Right. That's business. That that's heart centered business. That's what we want in this planet is, you know what, I trust you, I value you and I know that you're going to pay me. And you know what the beauty in it is if I didn't pay him, he would he would say, God, I wonder what's going on with her. He wouldn't think the worst of me. He would think the best of me. And that's what we want for business and our employees and ourselves is to be in that space of 
you know, really heart-centered, authentic, this is my situation. I'm sorry. This is the best I can do. If you can think of any other alternatives, I'm, I'm on board. You know, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful way to be, biz, be in business. And it took me years to actually understand that because I was brought up on a model of you're late, you get written up, you get fired, you get, you know, and I oh, had yeah. really good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I had really good people that I fired uh, over time. And they were beautiful people that had I had the skills to work with them in a heart-centered space and not out of fear or worry or, oh, my God, if the girl doesn't show up, I'm going to be stuck at the school, like, for another 14 hours, you know, like, you know, all those things that run through your head. But to really be in that space and say, hey, you know, this is the truth of what's going on. That's heart-centered business. And I think, I know that's where our world is going more towards of this connection of love uh, versus fear, you know, and that's where I think we all need to rise up and hold each other in a space of greatness. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I mean, some of my experiences and uh, when I used to have you know, jobs and work for companies, uh, the thing that sticks with me that is the thing that I think repelled me more than anything else is obsession with rank and organization charts, uh, where it got to the point that your value as a human being and your ability to be perceived as having the ability to tell the truth was determined based on your position in the organization chart. Uh, I remember one time I worked for this one company. I had a very good supervisor, very well-meaning person. And uh, he told me one time that some head of some other department and who I didn't even know had come to me and expressed all, him, him rather and expressed all kinds of concerns about me. And they, and they said they wanted him to specifically deliver the message that if they were to ever come to me and tell me the world was flat, that not only was I to immediately tell them they were right, but I was to apologize for ever thinking the world was round. And I'm like, wow. where the hell did that come from? But unfortunately, right. when you don't have the heart-centered business, when you don't have the ability to see people for who they are, those types of attitudes are allowed to sprout. And what I just described to you is something that was in full bloom in full, dirty, ugly, disgusting bloom because that was the plant that got nurtured over time. Those, you know, oak trees don't grow overnight. Right, right. Well, and we do this in corporations. My friend Karen Voguet, she's a heart-centered business leader and consultant, and really her space is too, even in, in as simple as a performance evaluation, you know, we, we go over these things of what you're not. And yeah, you're good at this, but you could improve on that. And it's never five stars across the board because we have to have room for you to grow. Yeah. Assuming that you won't grow based on having a good report. You know, like right. that's, the, that's, that's the funniest part to me is when I say to a child, and I learned this at the school, if I said to a child, you know, that's not good enough. You're not doing a good job. You need to write your name better than that. You can do better than that. That's not good enough. Like, you're never going to be anything if you do that. You're not going to get to go in first grade. That didn't inspire them. No. What inspired them was, wow, like, look at your J, and I know that you're working on that A, and I believe in you. I know you can do this. I know you can do this. You matter. And I know that you've got this in you. So I'm cheering you on and supporting you the whole way. And people say to me, well, that's not how business works. Is it really, though? Is it really? Can we be a supporter and cheerleader to our people, to our clients, 
to, I mean, it, it bleeds across. It's not just our organization. It bleeds out into the world, you know, your clients. Can you support them and love them even when they're yeah. not doing X, Y, Z, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, yes. you know, so if that's, that's the real question. And that's where we as, as people on this planet have to get back centered with ourselves and go, God, you know, it just kind of sucks to tell people they suck all day. Yeah, like, no, you know? <laughs> it's, rough, it's rough. Now, now, if you'll allow me, we have exactly four minutes left for one more question. This is the other thing we want to get out to oh. the audience. So um, how can we share our stories in a way that make a difference? The best way that I've found to share my story is find your medium that works for you. Check in with that. For me, Writing is a medium for me. I write books. I uh, do lectures. Speaking is a medium for me. I am on the stage. So find that medium and center in with what are you wanting to leave this planet with? What do you want to leave on this planet, your story? What's your story? And it could be a story of kindness that I open the door for people. I look at people eye to eye. I give them love every minute that I possibly can. It could be as big as, you know, I, I'm Elon and I'm going to Mars, you know, with SpaceX. It could be huge. It could be huge in its own way, right? Like it's, there is no big or small. It's just huge in your own way. So find your own way, your path that feels good to you, what you love talking about, what you love doing. If it's children, if it's business, if it's cooking, if it's cleaning, taking out stains out of shirts, Whatever it is, embrace that passion, love it, and find your medium to get it out there to the world because we all have a unique wisdom that is here on purpose to share with the world. And we have people that are here to support us on this planet and beyond. So dial in, ask what you need, what you want, tap into that inner guidance and inner knowing, and share it with the world. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Right. And I think what we discovered just in our time together here is that our story is so important. It's what motivates us. And this is part of the business lesson I want people to get. I know this wasn't like a business advice type episode, and I wanted to take us down some different avenues to show uh, some of the dynamic things that we as human beings have the power to do. Uh, yes. Right. Uh, so, I mean, with this, you can have it all. You can you can you know find your what it means to be wise inside. You can find that power of love. You can find that connection to, as I say, your brilliance and your passion. So, uh, what is something that we can do whenever we find ourselves feeling a little bit down, and we need to remind ourselves of our greatness? Because you know what they say, like showering. The reason why you have to keep doing it is because you don't stay clean. So. What do you do when you need to make yourself feel great again? Well, I keep a success journal, and that success journal is very specific. It's not a success journal that the external world has told me that I'm successful at. Uh -huh. It's a success journal for myself and what I feel good about. Like, you know, I had a family member say to me, uh, well, you know, this business, business isn't successful because it's not as profitable as your other businesses yet. And, you know, you must not really be into it. It must not be a good thing. And I literally had to sit and ask myself, is that the truth? And no, I am successful. I have done more things than a lot of people have done in their entire life in my short life on this planet so far. You right. know, um, I have built a school. I have built a wellness center. I have authored 
two books. I created a game to help families connect. I've created a game to help teachers connect to their children. I've done so much. I'm a great mom. I am a beautiful wife. Like there are things that I, I I'm a good person. I give love. I smile at people. I pick up the trash on the ground in my neighborhood. You know, these are all the successes that make me who I am because I do it, because I acknowledge it, because it's what I want to do on this planet, not because somebody else said that my book was good. I believe my book is good. I believe it has a purpose on this planet. And so embracing that for ourselves, writing it down. So when I feel like crap, when I get a bad review, or I didn't get sales like I wanted, or somebody tells me I'm not enough, or a troll says you're stupid, um, you know, whatever that is, fill in the blank. I take that book out, I look at it. And in that book is specifically all the things that make me successful on this planet. And I'll tell you, it's, it's in the detail. It's even the smallest little thing of, yeah. you know what? I picked up the trash in my neighborhood today. That makes me a good person. That's less trash in the Texas size uh, yes. pit that we yeah. have in the ocean. Exactly, you know? like, exactly. The, the Pacific trash dump. Yeah, I picked up the trash, and you're still a troll. So, nah, nah. no, I'm not. No, yeah. okay. You know, it's empire, truly, it's right really, now. right. It's truly about, you know, you owning your greatness. And the problem with us is oftentimes we look externally for it, like a friend that, and granted, friends are great, and or a, a review to tell us that we're good enough. But what happens is, is there's a piece of us that goes, yeah, but what if they're just my friend? Yeah, but what if they're just saying that? When you own your greatness, you own it, like right. period. There's no question. When you say, gosh, you know what? Yeah, I was 21 yep. years old and I started a preschool. Heck yeah, like I did that. I That's did right. that. You, you did. <laughs> you did. Absolutely. Then I go, so, yeah, damn, I'm pretty good. You <laughs> are pretty good. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, so it's not an ego space. It's really a reminder because the, the, there is enough people in this world that tell us that we're not enough, like yeah. for real. And it's enough. Like we need to tell ourselves that we're enough so that those people can can literally wash over us and go, well, he doesn't really know me. Too bad exactly. for him. Exactly. You know? Yep. Yep. Now, we're uh, right at the top of the hour here. You have a gift for us. Uh, 30 seconds. Tell us about it. So I've launched Wise Talk from the Other Side, which is uh, my beautiful new book that is going to help people through loss, grief, business, whatever, you name it. It's, it's a beautiful book to support you in the challenges in life and how do we circle it back to love. And so I'm offering the first chapter. You can sign up on my email at wiseinside.com. And um, I will shoot it right out to you, and it will help you feel good. And I know that. It, everybody's found their own treasure in it, and there will be a treasure for you as well. That I know for sure. Yeah, absolutely. She, and she will shoot it right out to you at uh, wiseinside.com, which is right down the street from me. So Heather Criswell yes. of uh, wiseinside.com, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Appreciate it. Such a great time. Thank you so much, Adam. I wish we had six hours because I think we need it. So well, we may, may have to have you back <laughs> exactly. at some point. All right. So, exactly. All right. Uh, for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time. Have a great day. Take care.